I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today, we have some very special guests. We have Carl Hamucci and Mike Peterson. These, these men are the co-founders of Swim Smart. If you don't know Swim Smart, go to their website, swimsmarttoday.com, swimsmarttoday.com. Press pause, check them out, and you'll have a nice refresher, and we can you can follow along in this conversation and know what's going on. The reason why I like these guys, very young, only in their 30s, is that they're being entrepreneurial in the sport and they're doing it in a way that is, is truly innovative. Um, this begins with a deep respect for swimming and, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to dive into that today. I'm just going to call you out and I'm going to say it straight up. Are you, are you in, you're in residency, right? You're out of med school. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm out of med school now, which means that I spend more time at the hospital, not less. So I'm doing a, a radiology residency in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, I'm on my, boy, this is my fourth year now out of five. Well, out of six, uh, depending on how you want to count. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I've spent a few a few days in the books taking big tests. So nerd is an appropriate uh, description. I've got a lot of friends that talk about you. They like you. You've gained a lot of respect of a lot of peers who work on 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 the dry side. What I call the dry side of swimming, the business of swimming, and they they appreciate your your resolve. But um, you've earned their respect as a smart guy and an innovator. And you're going to dive into. Um, you know, what Swim Smart today has in terms of offerings for uh, uh, textbooks. Uh, are these textbooks available, by the way, as, as downloadable PDFs or are, you, are they hard copies? They're, um, we try to get the information out however we can. So hard copy, downloadable PDF courses, however you want to do, however you learn best. Uh, however you want to share it with your team. You know, if you get the videos and you share little snippet videos with the team, it's all, all available however you want. Okay. So we, we've got Carl in the, in the first half of our podcast today, and we're going to talk about the textbooks or the PDFs. However, you can, you can get this information, but we're going to break that down. In the second part of our podcast, we're going to be talking to Mike Peterson. He's the co-founder of Some Smart Today. He's also the coach at AC, uh, ACAC in Iowa. Uh, Mike, also very young, had a lot of great success as a coach, uh, formerly coached the Colorado Stars, was on deck during the development of, of course, Missy Franklin, who's an icon in the sport and transcends swimming. But great success where you're at right now. Uh, you recently had a 15-year-old qualify for Olympic trials. Whenever you see a metric like that, that's, that's something where coaches stand up and take notice. And uh, so always looking forward to talking to someone who's a co-founder, but also coaching uh, because it's, you know, full disclosure to anyone out there listening. I don't know if I've said this before, but my wife at times has said, Hey, why don't you coach? And I said, no, because it's too hard. <laughs> it takes too much sacrifice and I can't do that. So I have a deep respect for coaches. We're going to talk to, to Mike in the second half about what's going on with this team and, you know, I, I want to get into, you know, are these creative ideas for what you guys are, are, are producing and developing and innovating and, and inventing? Is this, is this coming from your, your boots on the ground 
um, closeness to the sport of swimming. So, Mike, thanks for being here. Just a nod. I only get a nod. I get nothing else. Sorry. Man, a few words. I probably say too much too often. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Carl, let's bring it back to you, buddy. The, um, I, you know, what's interesting is I, you know, I, I, I'm seeing your praises in terms of what I'm hearing from my peers, but, um, you know, I, I didn't know this. Uh, I don't always pay attention to this, but it's, it's my understanding that you actually spoke, um, at the American Swimming Coach Association. You've, uh, you've written for NISCA's journals. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And you've, you've also done a presentation at the College Swimming Coaches Association of America, uh, did you so did you recently speak at the world clinic yeah i just came back from orlando a couple of weeks ago from the world clinic um i was i mean i feel really honored and blessed that people you know want me to talk or at least allow me to talk maybe that's a better phrase um but yeah i had two uh talks at asca and uh immediately after that i had a couple people come up to me asking if i could do more talks uh so not sure how much I can mention, but, you know, I think it wasn't just, you know, people had a, had a good positive outcome. They, I think they learned some things. I had a lot of fun. At least I can say that for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's been real, it's been a real honor to just be able to share the information I've learned over the years and, uh, to try to put it in a way that coaches can hopefully understand a little bit better and then give it to their swimmers, uh, in a better way too. It feels to me like I'm, I'm 52 years old. I've been around swimming forever, but it seems to me that it seems to me that coaches learn by apprenticeship. They learn, they learn, you know, because they swam in the sport, chlorine's in their blood, and then they're on deck. Maybe they're coaching, you know, maybe if they're in college, they're, they're coaching a summer league team, or if they're in high school, they're coaching a summer league team during the summers. And then they, they graduate and they become volunteer assistants and they move up through the ranks but it seems like it's a, it's, it's a narrow band of people who are trying to really achieve mastery and approach this with a professionalism where they're educating themselves with outside sources. Right. And so when I see these outside sources, I get kind of excited. Um, tell me, you know, get, tell me what the offerings are from Swim Smart today and, 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 and just break down where someone should begin and with, with, which, with, with which textbook. Yeah. So, Actually, I want to I key in on what you said, that uh, swimming is a very big apprenticeship sport, right? You kind of get graduate, you, you, you transition from swimmer to swammer at some point, and then you're a coach. And, uh, and, and I, was, I had this experience when I first started coaching. Um, I didn't really know a lot about coaching, about writing workouts, about developing a team, building a culture, helping with parents, education, stuff like that. And you kind of learn it all on the fly. I mean, the whole purpose of education, not just swimming education, but medicine, being a lawyer, being a teacher, being an engineer, you go to school so that you can skip the line, right? You learn, basically a textbook is all the mistakes and learnings that somebody else has done before you. You can read through that quicker, learn through it, jump ahead of the line, and then you can start developing your own innovative path from there, right? So to me, putting these things together on paper are the things that me, Mike, you know, many other coaches have learned over the years so that if a new coach walks on deck and he's like, what do I do? Where am I supposed to start? 
these are those guidelines and opportunities for them to, to kind of get started. Does that make sense? And, and it, you know, in medicine, like medical school, it's two years, basically most med schools are two years in the classroom, but the next two years are the apprenticeship part of the training where you're in the hospital taking care of patients and you're learning directly from mentors, doctor mentors. And so I wanted to kind of give that opportunity to other coaches too, right? So that it's not just an apprenticeship part, but there's a fast track book learning to, to some degree, right? And uh, when I look back at when I first started coaching, I'd say that the two, the two places that really needed work for me, and I think for a lot of other coaches, I know other coaches, maybe they didn't grow up swimming. Some, a lot of them are parents. If you go out to these rural towns, they're just trying to fill in. They're just trying to give their kids an opportunity and they're kind of lost. They're like, what do I do? How do I write a workout? Uh, but the two main areas were like exercise science, very, usually a very difficult topic for coaches. Um, and I would say like leadership, organizational skills, the things that the practical things that you need to do day to day on deck or behind the scenes. So those are kind of the two uh, sources that we have for people. I'll share something with you guys um, that is sort of saucy, but it's a, uh, every so often, I mean, let me take a step back. We report hirings and firings at Swim Swam. And I can tell you that when there's a hiring and there's a firing, uh, it, it's, it, uh, my phone blows up. Uh, the comment section oftentimes will blow up. Not all the times that, it, you know, there'll be a lot of, there's a lot of um, back and forth and a lot of commentary about the coaches and about the parent run swim team or the coach owned swim team or, and it's, um, and it's a lot of noise, but oftentimes what the, the new hire is about, or that firing is about often, it oftentimes comes down to organization and professionalism. And it's a, uh, it seems like it's something that, that we're, where we can improve in the sport of swimming. It seems as though a lot of coaches get by with this apprenticeship information. They, they have a few core things they do well, and they, they do that when they're on deck, and then everything else is, is, is poorly mismanaged, and the ongoing education isn't there. Uh, so I love the fact that that uh, Swim Smart today has produced this. That you guys have this offering. If it, where would I begin? You know, it, it, let's just take it back to this. If I'm the rural coach, maybe I don't have a swim background, and um, you know, I, I'm I'm but I can coach, and I'm trying to fill this hole and and, and be this person in the community at, at the swim team. Where would I begin? Sure. So um... Me and Mike, we put together the book called uh, The Swim Coach's Starter Guide. So hopefully that name sticks to where you should start. Uh, I don't know if the if the words will come up backwards there. Probably backwards. Yeah, that's all right. Oh, it came out good, Mo? Okay, sweet. So uh, not, not huge, um, but basically this book, it starts off, you're a brand new coach. You just walked on deck. You got an eight-year-old and their parent showing up to you saying they want to be on your swim team. Now what, right? How are you going to have a long-term goal for this kid? How are you going to take care of this kid to make sure that they grow up, not just as a good swimmer, but as a good person? And we look at some of the research, some of the other speakers, uh, not just in the swimming community, but uh, sports psychologists, basketball, 
track, you know, there, I mean, there's other sports in swimming. I know it's hard to believe for me, for many of us, uh, hardcore swimmers, but, uh, there's a lot to learn from the outside sources. Right. And what they say is that you've got to build the person's character first, and that's going to lead them to train well and to swim well and to have longevity in the sport. Right. We see a lot of swimmers graduate high school. They leave their club team. They go to college one, two years, they drop out. Right. So they're not, it's not sticking with them long-term. And I think that's, I think there's multiple factors. It's, it's obviously individualistic, but <clears throat> if you want to have a good chance of a kid doing well, not just on your team, but at the next team, or when, if you have to leave with the next coach, I think it has to start at the fundamental level of we're training people and we want to train them good. <clears throat> the next parts of the book um, kind of dive into our way, me and Mike's way of, you know, teaching the, the strokes for, you know, using just a few practical drills and to use them often throughout the season. And uh, we also get into how to write workouts, how to plan for the season. Uh, and we do it for different age groups, right? So if you have eight and unders, you don't want to do the same thing that you do with your 18 year olds and same thing with the kids in between. So we, we try to give real strict boundaries on like, okay, with eight and unders, this is the goal. This is what we're going to do with nine to 13. This is the goal. This is what we're going to do with, you know, older age group swimmers. This is the goal. This is what we're going to do. So it kind of gives you a very a solid framework for your mind to work so that you're not just sitting down with a blank page, trying to make stuff up as you go along. Now you have kind of guidelines and scaffolding to get you started. And then obviously as you develop it yourself as a coach and you learn from experience, you modify things as you go along. But for those who are just starting, who maybe didn't grow up in swimming, who are PE teachers and they were asked to coach the high school swim team and you're like, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I think this is a good, this is that, this is who this resource is, is for. That's where you start. Swim coaches starter guide. I like it. I, I, I should, I should have led with that. That's all right. <laughs> title. You know, what's funny is that uh, I feel like I have certain mastery in certain areas of my life, but I will go back. And um, if I've been away for six months or a year, um, I'll go back and read beginner guides and to see tutorials as a refresh, just sort of like running in the background. So I'm just, it's, it's like a warm up. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of education and, and getting your mind nimble. It, where, where would you go next? Where would you, what, what is the, the next offering and, and who is it for? So I think when, when your kids start to get a little older in teenage years, college years, um, oftentimes coaches, we ask them to suffer a lot right? I mean, sets of 200 flies, sets of IM, sets of, I mean, morning practice, evening practice, you're asking somebody to, to do a lot of sacrifice, to endure a lot of pain. And a lot of times, especially in swimming, we don't see the result until months down the road. And the biggest thing for me is that you want to build trust, right? If a kid, to me, the, a kid who believes in their workout is going to have the best workout. I think that's the reason why you can see so much success with such a variety of training types like the USRPT and a volume training, you know, they all have their success because that kid believes in it, right? The coaches explain to them why it's going to work 
And so they put in the effort and they stick it out. They, they have the grit, they have the grind, they stick it out in long term and, and they end up being successful. So how do you explain to kids when you write a very difficult set, how do you explain to them how that's going to make them better? I think a lot of times, especially with the older swimmers, right? So younger swimmers, it's, it's not quite as, as important, but with older swimmers, you really want to be able to come back with a good excuse or good uh, answer when they say, coach, why are we doing this? Right. And for me, if you can understand the exercise science behind what you're doing, and you can explain that to your swimmers, especially and to your parents, right? Because parents will come back back and say, why is my kid training so much? Or why are they doing so little? Why are they doing it different than the other kid? And if you can come back with a really articulate, reasonable answer, most people get satisfied and they'll trust you as a coach and they'll trust their training and they'll put in a lot of effort. So what I, so what I did, I kind of going through medical school, you learn a lot of things and you're like, man, I'm never going to use this in my career, but it does, you know, a lot of it does apply to what we do. So, so I made an exercise science book. We called it the, uh, the biology of swimming. This one is a little thicker, but you don't have to worry. Lots of pictures, right? I mean, there's, I think more pictures than pages. So I wanted to bring these tough concepts uh, to, to, to a point where you can like share it, explain it and understand it way more simply and obviously in swimming terms, right? So we use examples. Let's say you're doing the mile race. This is what's changing during the race. This is why you feel the way you do. This is why you have to train like this and not like that or what this kind of training does to your body. So we go through a whole bunch of topics, not in like, you know, undergrad, graduate level stuff, but, you know, high school level biology and uh, keeping it practical for, for the coach and, and the swimmers. Say this, this on the front end, uh, swim coaches start a guide 30 bucks. So that's, and that's an easy investment. That's something that, that is, that's accessible to everybody. The biology of swimming textbook, only $25. Now, but if I want to dive deeper, uh, you might be looking at a different one. Are you kidding me? I'm looking at your live website right now, buddy. Oh man, <laughs> I love Get a deal it. right now. Well, you guys, you guys better jump on it. You, everybody, better jump on quick. I, I, I love these. I love these live moments. Just so by the time this podcast does go live, because we are recording, and you're going to go live in a couple of days. Yeah, uh, I think the the price point may be different. What's the price point for biology or something? Nine for that one. Sixty nine. 69. Yeah. Did, did I, did I make that mistake or. Are you looking at a uh, Gary Hall's uh, fundamentals of fast swimming? Well, think, no. Why would I be doing that? I, I, well, that one says 25. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just do it. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to solidify this. The biology of swimming textbook, only $69. <laughs> uh, the biology of swimming course. Um, uh, this is, this has a higher price point. Are you going to move into that next? Uh, yeah. So both, both of these books, um, I made, um, PowerPoint slides and like a pre-recorded videos and they're all divided into like little subcategories. So the, uh, the biology of swimming is actually like a, if you do everything, it's about 12 hours worth of video and they're all divided up into like 85, 85 sections, like five, 10, 15 minutes long. Uh, so that you can kind of digest them on li a little bit slower pace or, 
you know, maybe once a week or a few times a week, kids are stretching on deck and you just play the video for them. And that way they pick up a few tidbits. They learn a little bit about how their swimming machine works. And so they come to like, enjoy making it better, enjoy training it, that kind of stuff. So those price points, I mean, those are just kind of based on what, um, uh, what some of the other co courses on like ASCA and ISCA were doing for the same like uh, time range. Uh, but at any time, if coaches, um, if they want to contact me directly through the website, like, hey, I want to get my team interested, you know, can we do a deal? We got a budget. We always work with coaches, always. We want to get the information out to make swimming better. And we don't want the price point to be, you know, that, that hindrance, you know, we're, me and Mike, we're not making millions here, but, but we want to, we want to get it out there for people to, to enjoy at the same time. No, no, the, the, the price point, I'm, I'm, I, 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 the reason why I brought up the price points because it's so low and it's uh, I just know that from my standpoint, it's a, if you're, you know, it's priced, it's priced to be accessible to, to coaches. But it's also an investment in who you are and depending on, on, on the way you live your life and how in your level of professionalism, this is a write-off as well. Continuing education you can, mm -hmm. is, is a write-off. Um, but I'm, I'm always investing in something and it's always somewhere between $500 and $1,500. Always. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this is, um, that's the reason why I brought up the price points. And I do like that. If I'm not, if I'm a coach and I'm not a reader, is this a, you know, it's, it's, I look at the biology of swimming textbook and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I can consume a chapter a night. Um, but if I'm not a reader, some coaches aren't, could they, could they do the biology of swimming courses instead? Is it? Oh yeah. The yeah. Same thing? Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty much the same information. I might go off on some tangents here and there. So you might actually get a little more through the, through the course. And uh, I tried to do a good job of using the, the mouse as a pen. So I end up writing all over and scribbling all over the slides as I go along. So I try, I think it's a little, I've know, I know some people have commented that it's easier for them to follow the videos than it is the books. Uh, we actually have one swimmer on the team who's homeschooled. They're using it as their biology course for their, for their high school uh, class, their high school biology class. So I do know that the videos, yeah. I mean, if you're a visual person or you like to listen to someone tell you the information in a little more uh, story form, for instance, uh, I, definitely the courses are, are a good way to go. It seemed like a lot of coaches do it. You know, I, I swam. David Marsh was my coach for a short period of time and changed my stroke. But he was, um, we went to video a lot and I never knew what the sources were, but I knew they, they must have come from his peers. You know, when you're actually young, you're not always sophisticated about coaches and who has the best knowledge. Uh, oftentimes, you know, they, we, we, would, we, would, we would get information, videos, talks from coaches and I'm like, who is this guy? He didn't, you know, he didn't coach Spitz. He didn't coach Matt Biondi. He wasn't, you know, they weren't stars, but their coaching peers really respected the information. And, uh, and I always found it very helpful and insightful. Um, what's, what is the, what, what is another offering that you guys have? Um, so we've got a couple things. So um, we have, a lot of free downloadable tools. So um, let's say you're just looking for a new way to teach breaststroke or a new way to teach butterfly. You want to keep it simple, just a few drills. We have videos that you can download for that. Let's say you want to keep track of the yards you do like, oh, I did this much kicking, this much IM, this much speed work, endurance work. 
and um, and you want to track it by week or for the whole season, we have a training tracker. If you're a high school coach and you're trying to do a meet, a swimming meet lineup, and you're you know you're doing it all by hand, we have an Excel which will automatically show you as you put the kids into different events, whether they're over entered or under entered. Um, so we have a lot of those, those types of things totally for free, uh, on the downloadables section of the website. Uh, and again, it's, it's all about helping coaches do a better job, save time, be more efficient and, uh, and, and develop their team better. Well, I want to jump to Mike, but before I do jump to Mike, I got to say this, you, so you recently gave a presentation at, at the ASCA world clinic, Mm -hmm. and, uh, that can be kind of nerve wracking. I'll see folks before they, they step up to, to do that. And they're, and they're, they're nervous, but they're, I always found out that they're really bringing their a game. What was your talk just out of curiosity? Cause I, I didn't attend because of COVID, but uh, I will be next year. Sure. Um, so I, I gave the two talks. The first one was about how does training affect the, the swimming machine. So basically what we did is we would put up a, a sample set, like 10 100s on the two minutes holding 60 seconds, right? And then we'd categorize, okay, well, this falls into this type of training. We only had four types of training because I'm, I'm a simple guy and I can't, I can't do all of Urbanicek's uh, color schemes and such. So I can only do four. So we'd, we'd look at a set, say, okay, it falls into this category. So what is it most improving in the body that, that adapts it to make you, that results in you swimming faster when you go to race, right? And so we did that for all four categories and, uh, and for dry land training as well, talking a lot about how the nervous system is a very, very big deal in, in training and how much it controls. Um, and then the second talk was actually about overtraining, some practi- a practical guide to overtraining. So we talked a little bit about what does overtraining look like um, what does it mean on the, on the biology level? And then how do we look for it? How do we test for it? Uh, so we went through a physical test and then we, we, I showed the people that, um, it's called a, it's called a mood, a profile of mood state. So basically it's a questionnaire that you share with your swimmers and it turns their mood into a number, right? And if that mood changes by a certain percentage over the course of the season, it has a high correlation with overtraining and, and research actually with swimmers, with college swimmers use this uh, questionnaire in the past to try to adjust the training as the season went on to avoid overtraining. So we went through that, those concepts as well. Overtraining seems to be everything when it comes to the sport, because you're, you're, you're asking athletes to sacrifice. You're asking them to give up so much and, and rewards are oftentimes, you know, it's never, you don't really see it always until the end of the season. And uh, except overtraining can stick a pen in that. And, well, uh, and, and you don't want to, you don't want to flip into season two before you're seeing, you're seeing benefits from, but yeah. I've gone through that. I've had a lot of friends who have gone through that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the problem in, in, just to say this, the problem in swimming with overtraining is that we, we have no physical limits on how much time you can spend in the pool, right? A cross country runner, really, they can't run four hours a day, every single day, but a swimmer has none of that impact, right? So their joints never deteriorate. So if you can spend the time in the pool, you can do it, right? And we never see the result of overtraining until it's too late. So it's very difficult for swimming to, to actually 
get a get a hold on that. So I, I think it was a good talk. People appreciated it. Thanks, buddy. Let's bring in Mike, also co-founder, Swim Smart, head coach, ACAC. Mike, you know, you're 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 in the lab. You guys are developing all these products. It's um you know, talk to me about how, how that this the how these how this applies to your team. How are you applying these concepts to your team and, and specifically how you're building team culture? Um, yeah. How do we use them? So everything we, we have on the website I've used at some point. Um, I would say that we kind of cycle through the different pieces, keep kids interested. And we, we, we solve one problem with, with one piece of equipment and then we kind of move into the next one. Um, the, and part of it is just changing the stimulus is what I'm looking to do with those different products. Right. So that harness was um, something that I looked to solve with um, my brush strokers. I was really having a problem with them coming up and pausing at the top of their stroke and then doing a bob and falling into it. I really wanted them to learn how to press and drive forward. We kind of found it kind of neat how it applied into your freestyle because you're driving with your shoulders rather than from your hips. Um, the same with the, the, the push press um, where we got that uh, paddle out in front of our head and you have it flat and you can put your hands into a streamline and you're driving out in front. And rather than putting some resistance on your hips or behind you, you can really you're focused on driving into the front end of it. Um, and the kids generally don't like it. So I, I think I saw a quote from Eddie the other day, if they don't like it, then it's good for them. And they, uh, I tend to agree. Um, yeah. I've written it just it's out of curiosity with um with the push paddle yeah it's, it's a you know the the you wouldn't think about being in a streamlined position and not having consistent energy motion forward but it's a um that product makes me think that that you do that product makes me think that if you do you're going to feel it um yeah. is, is that is that part of the, the reason for the design and the development yeah i mean i I mean, just one of the simple things that, that we found doing or working with that paddle is the kids will swim resisted. They'll have it flat to 12 and a half, and then they'll flip it up, and then they'll let it go unresisted, and they can really feel their bodies accelerate forward, and they can feel that power that they're working through. Um, so it's – and we, we play with those objects. I mean, we'll do kick right, kick left. We'll put a paddle on the fist and put it out in front so that they feel the arm is – um, straight and not bent or crooked or anything. And they got the whole body in line It just really driving or that mindset of we're going to maintain a, a point from A to B and really get ourselves as purposeful as we can in doing that. Um, they, um, on another side with that was the, the, um, um, the breakaway. So this, this guy actually hasn't really taken a whole lot, but we got the idea from, um, I heard that track was doing, they have like parachutes that they'll put on people and the, the runner will run part way and the coach will release them. Um, and I was thinking about the same thing with swimming and feeling resisted to about 12 and a half. And I've seen coaches um, use your stretch cord and let their stretch cord go. And um, I, I actually tried that the other day with the swimmer and the kid was not excited at the idea of that stretch cord coming at them. Um, but they, but with the breakaway that allowed the opportunity for the swimmer to feel resisted, feel that power to about 12 and a half, wherever you want to set it. And then that resistance breaks away and they're just free. 
and they can go. Um, it is really neat uh, to watch them do it. The underwater is having them do kickouts underwater. You can really, they'll get like five, six dolphin kicks and all of a sudden that tower will break away and they just accelerate. And they can really feel that power and that motion going through. Um, so there's, I mean, that's, all those products are things that we're using in our workouts um, week to week at different times. And they're all just trying to solve different problems. And as a, as a kid solves a problem, we might move on and try something different. Um, they're just always trying to think innovative. Swimming is boring um, unless you have a, a fairly strong minded individual. So you just keep it interesting. And you're always trying to everybody in practice, they, everybody likes toys. Everybody wants to try something. Everybody wants to, and, and, it, and it forces you to dial in and really get focused on, on some particular aspect of your sport. But I think as a coach, I never, I never understood this, but looking back at a wonderful age group coach, great coach in high school, great coach in college, great coach as an elite with, with Marsh. Um, I remember a common denominator, which is I'm trying to impact your nervous system. I'm yeah. trying to rewire your brain and uh because so, you know you get really as, as swimmers you'll see certain swimmers in practice get really great at one thing maybe it's pulling with big freaking paddles and they just go like like you know, they can they can they're, they're so successful with it and um and but it, it when i on, on the teams that i was on uh my our, my coaches would would pull athletes would would stop them from doing something they're very successful at and give them something so that they were challenged. Right. Um, it's, is that part of what you're doing? I, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a, I mean, I get bored. I'm sitting there watching the pool deck and I see a kid with a problem and it's like, I'm going to try to fix it. And, and a one size fits all mindset doesn't really work. Um, I mean, it, it does to an extent, right? There's only so far how you can deviate from a practice group before you're, you're just anarchy. But the, the, there's no reason why we can't give each individual something slightly different along the way. I mean, we've done, I, I've had kids come in and do um, starts. We, in Colorado, we had a bulkhead. Um, and this was something I tried and I wouldn't advise it didn't work. Um, but like we put a parachute on a kid and we put the parachute in the, in the water behind the bulkhead. I said, now you're going to jump with power and let's see what happens and really drive. Well, that kid, as soon as they got just at the end of that block, fell and hit the water hard. <laughs> and they didn't go anywhere. And so I learned that lesson the hard way. Um, it, it was kind of, it was comical at the time and the kid appreciated it, but <laughs> they, uh, it, it's just trying things. Um, we're not afraid to give things a shot. Like recently, one of the things, that, and it's not even a product of ours, I had kids wearing Zoomers and socks and I really found it fascinating. Um how the kids can wear zoomers and socks at the same time and they can push off and they kick, they're doing their dolphin kick. But if they kick too big, those socks really slow them down, right? If they let their feet get outside that body line, that slipstream. So they're, they're really trying to find that sweet spot of getting just outside it, create some forward momentum and then get back in their slipstream. And when we take those socks off, all of a sudden they're shooting and they can go and they found that sweet spot. We do the same thing. We've done some similar stuff off the starts where you, you watch a kid um, jump off the block and they hit the water. And it's like something's not quite right. And we've taken times where they're going, 
um, to 12 and a half dive and glide. The kids that are really good at their dives, they'll jump off. They'll, so they'll get a time without the socks on and then we'll throw the socks on and the kids are really good at diving and gliding. Their time doesn't change even though they have their socks on and we'll do multiple, multiple reps of that until those kids times begin to come to where they need to be. Um, I'm not going to tell you all the ins and outs of how we do that. Uh, something I like to hold on to a little bit, but it's just kind of that it invadiveness. It doesn't have to be our products. I mean, it's just, we're trying to think outside the block, outside the box to get people there. And Sounds like some more products might be in development. <laughs> there's, there's always something. Always. <laughs> there's, there's always something there. It's, um, well, you know, you talk to me about how this, you know, this, this helps build team culture. Cause it's a, uh, I, I do, I do think that, that we've, we've all been on teams where it's drudgery. And it's pain, and that never ends. And uh, and sometimes you can lean into that, and that builds a team culture that is actually positive. But it doesn't. It, you know, if we're being honest, it doesn't work that way always. Um, how how have you used this innovation to to help build team culture? Yeah, the um, I guess it, it's backfired in some ways too, because I've had I've had kids that are just like bored by the different things we're doing i was like why don't you go to someone else's workout and then they go and then they come back and they're like okay i'm okay i i get it um but they I, you know team culture the we've done and, it, and it's back to the book and just building blocks of my mentorship along the way um i know i started in um summer league and we went from 30 kids and we built a a country club up to 120 kids in three years and you have uh, only a select membership and looking back we didn't have a bunch of the toys but we made it fun and made it interesting we developed a culture where those kids just like they look to come to practice to see what's next and sure we made them work but there was there was an exciting piece on the side of it and it was just an event almost every day you try to be give them something interesting to come back to uh and it's the same with with stars. I mean, that was just, I mean, looking back, it was just so unique and so fun and the individuals involved were just had so much energy in life and, and you watch um, the mindsets and the innovativeness and the commitment from the coaches. You can see the kids can feel when you're invested in what they're doing um, and, and they know when they've done things before. And it's fine to do the same thing again, but you better have the follow-up and the reasons why you're doing that similar thing. Um, it was the same thing when we came, when I came back to, to Iowa, the, and that was one of the goals is to show that small town Iowa can have great swimming also. Um, and consistency is a big piece. And I like how you hit on um, the behind the scenes side of coaching. Um, and I agree. I think that's why a lot of people, a lot of programs get lost. Um, showing up on the pool deck is not all that we do. And, and I think you can see the coaches that hit the longevity of it and their programs, they're, they're dabbling in all of it. They may not be great at any one piece of the, the admin side of it, but they, they know what's going on and, or they've put the right people in place to do the pieces that aren't. And that just comes down to understanding your board and, and or where your program is um they uh 
so but going back to Ames and Fort Dodge um, so having the opportunity to build those two sites the the unique piece about where we're at is we don't have a feeder program we don't have a YMCA we don't have um, another club team that's within 45 minutes of us so what we have is what we got and I had a coach ask me a couple of years ago what do you think you're really good at as far as your program I started really thinking about it um, and it and is developing our swimmers and developing our base because we don't get those kids from other places. If, if we burn a bridge with a tenant under, they're gone for good. They're not coming back. And we're, we've been thinking really hard about this time around. So post COVID we were able to, uh, we actually had our largest tryout group we've ever had. We had 60 kids show up for tryouts and the club is bigger than it's ever been. And I think that's in part and testament to how we navigated it this last year. But they, um, I like to think some of the things that we're trying to um, show our membership, and we're talking really seriously about it right now, is uh, the experience of the athlete at all levels. And I, my son's five years old, and watching him, what my mind at 37 might be thinking is appropriate for that kid watching him is not what he's thinking. And he's, he's, he's focused for about five seconds and then he's moved on to the next thing. And as, as coaches, we want to get the drills and skills and all that stuff early in the season. But is that really right? Is that getting that kid to really want to stick around? Um, and maybe it needs to be almost the opposite in some respects. Um, and, and the thing that I've, I've watched with a lot of our kids, our best swimmers going out, we're not our best swimmers as 12 and unders. And I think that's one of the neatest things that I learned uh, with Todd. And there's a couple of young men um, at Stars where he just kind of reiterated, just leave him alone. He'll, he'll come around, leave him alone. He's here. It was one of those where I was young and I was irritated that why is he not working? What's wrong with him? And it's like, I'm going to, it's like, I was going to drive him out of the pool deck. He's never going to come around. And that young man ended up being, I'm pretty sure, an All-American on a relay at a college. And I just needed to let him mature and come to it on his own. And that's really part of what we've tried to embrace with our programs um, is developing the, the individuals over a long-term period. And I think um, one of the neat parts that we saw for the first time this last um, Olympic cycle is uh, in 2016, we had our first age grouper qualify for trials. Um, and this last time around, we had five athletes from ACAC represent us at Olympic trials. And previous, we had never had any of that. Um, and those and four of those were college athletes this time around. And it's really, it's awesome. I mean, that's really what we're looking to try and do. We talk about that we want to prepare them for down the line. We don't want it all now because there's, I mean, there comes a point where there's only so much I can offer too. Let's set them up mentally to be fresh and ready to go. So I don't know. Was I answering some of that or? No, no, it's, it's all there. I, I, I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm CIA and I'm, I'm getting in, in your deep intelligence on the ground. It's uh, well, I, I did like this and you don't always hear this from coaches. There's two things that did just a, a takeaway. I know that at the USA Swimming HQ, the, the, the hope is that we're going to come out of COVID and we're going to have this, um, this bump in, in new registration coming off in Olympic Games. And, and I don't know that that is 
I'm not hearing that that is happening nationwide. I'm hearing it in pockets. So to hear it from you is, is it, it, it points to, it comes down to who's on deck and who's coaching and who's leading that program. Because it, so, it can so, happen. It can happen. It, it's huge. So I, w- I would say that we have a really unique staff right now. And, and I got to, we, we have to run, um, give them a lot of credit. Aaron, Aaron Nakama is our novice coach and he's developed um, what we call a wristband challenge. If you wanted to reach out and ask what it is, uh, he, we actually had a sports psychologist out of Iowa State come in and want to learn more of what he's doing. She's like, this is exactly what these kids need. And they're, they're excited. We have to, at a swimming the other day, we had to tell these kids to take these bands off their body. Like they have them going down their arms and down their legs. They're excited to come to practice every day. And Ben Utesh is our nine to uh, 11 year old coach, our age groupers. And he's just fantastic. He, he's really thinking hard and reading. I mean, if, if that's anything that I could give away to our coaches and, and learning. So Karen Ammon, when I first moved, Karen's over at Colorado stars. Um, and I was talking to her and the admin work. I just do what needs to be done. And I asked her, what do I do with my free time? Like it never occurred to me what I do when I'm done. And cause I'm kind of a guilty person. I feel like I should always be doing something. And she said, you study, Mike, you research all the time. And they, I mean, I can just give you a whole list of books that I've been through. And I, I know some coaches don't care to read and whatnot, but I would encourage you, you just keep researching and reading. They, I have my kids read books and I've had several parents reach out and say, we really appreciate that you're challenging them to look outside of what they're doing in their day to day. Um, they, but then even then we have uh, Brian Lederhouse, our uh, middle school coach, basically. And he's just fantastic. He, um, the kids are, they're ready to go when they get to me and I just can run with it. And it's just, it's, it's building blocks and we all, we all work together. I don't know. It is really special and unique where we're at. And you're also, uh, you know, it's a heavy lift. It's a big responsibility to lead a team, but also being an entrepreneur and being a co-founder of this company is, uh, you know, I think it's a great creative outlet. I think, I certainly think it keeps you engaged and interested. So it, 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 it buoys you as a coach and helps you there, but it makes me wonder just, you know, out of curiosity, do you guys have anything in development that you can sneak out? You can tease us with. Uh, if, you, if you don't want to, that's okay. You don't have to. No. But I, just, I just wanted to ask the question. No, no. I, I mean, I think we've, we've floated. I know Mike has like a whole booklet full of ideas. So there's definitely a lot to pull from. Um, I've, I've thought of a couple. One, I wanted to do a, a new twist on a shaving razor uh, for taper time. Uh, I think that's about all I can say about it, but, uh, um, and then, oh, we talked about doing another book, a hand, a handbook for parents actually for swimming parents. And, uh, so, cause we, we already have a lot of the basic information, you know, that's on the website, uh, that, that's on Mike's ACAC website. Uh, but there's a lot of, you know, especially nowadays, I've been talking to a lot of my coworkers in the hospital who, you know, started having babies or they have kids that are growing up and the world is becoming a lot blurrier, not more clear. And they're like, how do I raise my kid? 
you know, what do I do when they come to me and they say this, they say that. And, and so not to go off on a, on a tangent, but, you know, I think that there's things when you're on a team, when you're on, when your kid is on, they made a commitment that teaches them a lot, but parents need to like, let them do that. For instance, you know, they need to let them learn how to stick with something they don't like in the short term. They need to learn how to, um, uh, get the kid to, Oh, what was, I lost my train of thought, get the kid to care. But, you know, but basically a parent, a, a handbook that taught them about swimming specifically, how it's governed, what swim teams do, how swim meets run, uh, you know, the basic stuff like that, because a lot of parents maybe weren't swimmers, but then also, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to get this kid to grow up? You know, I feel like a lot of kids twenties, you know, they're in their mid twenties, they get to their thirties, they just haven't grown up yet. And it's not, it's not swimming specific. It's, it's, it's worldwide, you know? And uh, I think swimming can be a, a, a light in the dark, like, Hey, our kids are strong. You know, they're, there's, they, when they, when they leave the pool, they're successful outside of the pool because of what, what they've learned here. So to try to bring those lessons in and share them with the parents, I think that would be the, that would be the goal of, of, a, of another book. But that, this seems like a logical progression. Also, it's uh, so it sounds to me like in development, we have a how to be a swim parent. And that also sounds like a much bigger market. I think that, um, you know, what interests me about it is it's if you could convince a parent, it's like, hey, you know, you want your kid to be a superhero. You want them to do something that's going to pay them dividends for their entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to commit to this. Because it does, it, it, it's, a, it's a challenging sport, but it does in a way it makes you a superhero. You look different, your brain works differently, you're a better student. Uh, when you get into the workforce as an adult, you're like, this isn't so hard because everything you do after swimming seems, it, doesn't, it seems like we struggle a whole lot less than, um, than our peers. So uh, I hope that you guys do develop that and I'd, I'd look forward to seeing it. And we'll have to, you know, if this is released, we'll have to come back on the pod and unpack it. <laughs> but does it, so that I, you, you, you stepped up, you gave me a little bit of insight. Um, now I know something that I did a little bit of research before I talked to you guys, but I just noticed that there was a header on your website that just went live today and it's the swag shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just kind of, you know, just a cursory drop through. It, it seems to me like if I'm out there and I'm, I'm a swimmer and I want, or, or some parent or coach and I want to be creative, I want to have some fun. I could share my design ideas with you guys and it, you could make it a reality. Is that correct? For sure. Oh yeah. So we're, we're all about collaborating and, and getting and showcasing what good ideas other coaches have. So even like on our front page, um, I saw somebody, a coach in Canada, coach Bailey, he posted about a calculator that he designed and you put in your time and your stroke and what race, and it tells you how many dolphin kicks you should be taking off of each wall with your splits for 25s, fifties. I saw it. And I was like, Hey man, this is awesome. Like, I wish I had this when I was coaching. Can I add it to the website? He's like, sure. So we put it on the front page, you know, and, uh, because, it's a good idea. If you have a good idea, we want it on swim smart. And so for sure, teach uh, the t-shirts. Um, we have a section for like cheering towels. So, um, 
we've got, you know, some, the kids hold up to their, to their teammates as they're racing, like ice cream, if you win or go that way, there's like a, <laughs> an arrow that point tells them, you know, they might get lost in those big pools. So just fun stuff like that. You know, if people have, you hear so many like one liners on pool decks, uh, parents being voluntold to be somewhere to time for their kids. So if you have, if you hear something like that on your pool deck and you're like, Oh, that would be a great t-shirt or something. Just let us know if it's a, and we'll get someone to design it and we'll put it on the website and then, and then, uh, it'll be out there. Favorite towel, animal lane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, as, as a kid, and this, this goes back to, this goes back to the mic topic. My coach from the age of like, you know, eight years old, you know, I knew that the big kids swam in the animal lane and I wanted to make it into the animal lane. And, uh, and I did by the time I was 12, but it was like all the high school kids. And it, it, so it was a, uh, it was an honor to be in the animal lane and do more work. And it, you know, there were more, more practices, longer distance, higher intensity. So holds, holds a dear place in my heart. We'll send you one Mel. <laughs> animal, animal lane. Do you still have that towel? I, d- I don't, but I, no, I never had a towel. It was just animal. Oh. And it was just, it was just a concept. It was, the, it was oh, right. this, this thing on our team. There you go, Carl, make that yeah. one. We, we got it. We got it. We got it, it up there. The fact that you guys have an animal and towel is, is just, you know, that makes me happy. I didn't, this was a surprise. I didn't know this drop was happening. Animal yeah. and towel exists. But um, so here's the question uh, as we're, as we're signing off. Uh, folks, if you're out there listening and you didn't do this before, do it now. Go to swimsmart.com, swimsmart, excuse me, swimsmarttoday.com, swimsmarttoday.com. Check them out. And if you want to reach out to Carl or Mike, they're, they're, they're easy to get a hold of and easy to talk to, and they're, they will welcome that connection. Um, do you guys have any parting thoughts? Um, no, I mean, we're, I think me and Mike, we're grateful for everything swimming gave us and uh, we're just happy we have a chance to, to give back. Keep thinking and have fun with the kids. Always, always keeping it cool. Always keeping it creative. If this next book drops and if you, if you develop it and it goes, are you guys going to come back on the pod? Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. It's a date. Good to see you. <laughs> Swimsmarttoday.com. Thanks for coming on guys. Thanks for having us, Mel. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.